This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 135. friends. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. I'm just returning from a week away on vacation, so the podcast is a couple of days late. I actually took my microphone with me on the vacation and thought that I would get a recording done there, but we were so busy having fun and doing all the touristy things that I never got around to recording. So now I am back. The vacation was great and amazing. And I thought that I would use some of the experiences I had on the vacation to record a podcast for you about balancing your job and your self-care. But before we do that, please help me out by sending me a few questions for an upcoming podcast that I'm doing. I want to answer all of your questions about life coaching and your work and life situations, all the things that you struggle to balance. Do you feel overwhelmed by work and are you shorthanded in your practice like I am? Is your home life stressful? Is your house messy? Getting back from vacation, my house is messy. That's what I want to talk about on this podcast to answer your simple questions and possibly give you some exercises that you can do to help yourself deal with all of the stress in your life. So either DM me on Instagram at the Veterinary Life Coach, or send me your questions via email at jacapelldvm at gmail.com. I want to get a good list of questions together before I record this podcast for you. And once I get a good long list, I promise to record that podcast. If you want me to use your name, tell me so. If you'd rather I didn't, tell me that as well, and I will accommodate. Okay, let's talk a little bit today about balancing your work and your self-care. So if you've been listening to me lately, you probably know that I'm working about three to four days a week at my practice, and it has become increasingly shorthanded over the past year. We have lost veterinarians to pregnancy. We have lost some technicians to amazing job opportunities, but it's very difficult to rehire, as many of you probably know. In the past, over the years that I've owned my hospital, it's been super easy to hire people, but recently it's just tough and it's more and more competitive because all the hospitals in the area are shorthanded. And talking to my coaching clients throughout the United States and some of them in Canada, I am realizing that this is not a local problem. This is a national or international problem since the beginning of the pandemic. And even before, I think, I think that we were heading towards a veterinary shortage even before all this COVID stuff happened. So because of this, our hospital is mostly overscheduled and super busy. And many of your practices are the same right now. And then because the clients are having trouble getting in, we are getting more negative reviews, which is pretty rare in my practice, but we've gotten a few lately really impatient clients, and a big upswing in demand. So all of that leads to feelings of the veterinarians and the veterinary staff of being overwhelmed and stressed out. Now, I'd love to blame it on COVID, 
but I think that this is going to drag on well beyond when we weasel our way out of COVID. And that that means that we need to create ways to care better for ourselves and to care better for our families because we don't want to lose that balance between our work and our life. And in the past, I've talked about balance being more like harmony. So you're fully engaged at work and fully engaged at home. I don't believe that it's a 50-50 split. I think that at times you have to be more focused on your work and at times you'll be more focused on your family. For instance, this week when I was on my vacation. So I think that if we start to think about this situation, we start to put our heads together that we can come up with some solutions to not only take good care of the clients at the hospital and their pets, but we can also think of better ways to care for ourselves and set some boundaries so we get some of that work-life harmony that we're looking for. So the vacation that I took last week was a trip to the Grand Canyon. I had never seen it before. It was kind of on my bucket list, so to speak. Wanted to make sure that I saw that part of the United States in some fashion at some time. So when the lockdown happened last year, I wanted to plan an overseas vacation. So when that didn't happen, I switched my whole focus to the Grand Canyon. And I planned a trip for my whole family to fly to Phoenix and then drive up to Flagstaff, stay in Flagstaff, and then go see the Grand Canyon from there. And that's basically what we did. Now, if you've never been to the Grand Canyon, you really should go. I've never seen something so impressive and something so vast. It was really like standing on the edge of the planet. It's one of those things that unless you see it in person, you don't understand how awe-inspiring it is. So in order to plan this vacation, it took a lot of effort, right? There was a lot of planning. I had to decide how we were all going to get there, how we were going to stay, where we were going to stay, if we were going to stay in an Airbnb or a hotel or both, and where we were going to travel out west, how we were going to see the things that we wanted to see. And so before the vacation, I put a lot of time in and a lot of work trying to figure all of this out. How far were the drives going to be? Where were we going to stay? And then once I had the vacation planned, I had to take some effort to get time off work because at my hospital now, because we're so shorthanded, we're having a really tough time balancing people's vacations with having enough people at the hospital to take care of the clients. So this trip was an exercise in me setting boundaries for myself so I would actually go on this vacation and not worry so much about what was going on back at the hospital. And so I had to push myself out of my comfort zone in that respect because I'm a people pleaser and I don't want to leave my hospital team stranded without help. I don't want them to be stressed at all and I don't want the clients to be upset. So I had to do some mental exercises to try to get to the point where I was like, nope, I plan this vacation. It doesn't matter that we're shorthanded at the hospital. We will have to make do. And if that means I have to carve out a tiny bit of time to get on the hospital computer and help out, I am willing to do that. And then the other thing that was very challenging for me was this Grand Canyon, because 
I am not great with heights. I'm a little bit fearful when I get close to the edge of something. And in order to see everything there is to see out west, you have to kind of do some height work, right? We did some hiking on some trails that were a little bit scary. We did a lot of driving through the mountains, which, you know, my husband will tell you, I kept telling him to slow down, not only because I wanted to see the view, but because I was a little bit afraid. And so pushing myself beyond my fear of heights to see everything that there was to see was an exercise as well in self-coaching and getting over myself and getting over the fear. So the very first thing I would coach you to do when you're talking about self-care is just get to know yourself a little bit. Because to me, self-care means getting out of the house, getting away from the house, and seeing something. I love to travel. I love to go places. I love to do things. I'm a doer. So in my mind, that is part of my self-care. I need to get out of the house and go do things and see things. Now, I have introverted children and an introverted husband who are pretty happy just staying home and relaxing. And so challenging their self-care to push them to go and do things is a balance. And so if you're one of those people that likes to stay home, then take your vacation as a staycation. Stay in your home. Take care of yourself that way. That is part of self-care. There are some people that like to hike and rough it and camp and that would hike to the bottom of the Grand Canyon and camp there and then hike back up. That is not me. I like to hike, but not on the edge of a cliff and not down into a canyon. So I did a small canyon hike. I did an edge hike at the Grand Canyon. But knowing myself and being honest with myself is to know exactly what I need to feel cared for and to feel fulfilled. And so that goes into balancing your work week, right? Some people need to work 40 hours a week to feel good. Some people need to work 30. Some people need to work 20. And do you have children that you want to stay home with? Some people need to stay home with their kids. When I became the owner of my practice, I did it because I wanted flexibility. I like being in charge. I like being the one to make the decisions. I like being able to take my vacations when I want to take them. And so owning a practice allowed me to do that. It also caused me to have a lot of responsibility. And I kind of like that. I like the challenge of responsibility. If you're the type of person that loves responsibility, then that would be a way to buy yourself some flexibility. So creating your self-care program, something that works for you, is just knowing who you are and what fills your cup. Now, also on this vacation, we went paddleboarding. Now, I had never been paddleboarding, and we went in a place called um, Glen Canyon National Park in Lake Powell, Arizona, which is northern Arizona, just south of Utah. My daughter and son-in-law were the ones that encouraged us to do this paddleboarding adventure. Now, I had never been on a paddleboard before. I'm very novice. I've been in a kayak. I've been in a rowboat. I've done those things, but never a paddleboard. And the area that we chose was pretty tough, I would say, for a novice paddleboarder. 
we had to go into town to rent the paddle boards and then drive to a public boat dock area, which basically meant we had to walk this really long way in the hot sun in order to get the paddle boards and then carry the paddle boards down kind of a sharp, steep hill that was kind of rocky and sandy to get into the water, which was in a canyon. So there was this big wide area where there was lots of boats, lots of kayakers, and the water was really choppy and rough because there were so many boats. And so you really couldn't stand on your board in this one area. So you had to paddle quite a ways, I would say about a mile, and then turn into this narrower canyon, which where the water was really smooth because the boats were not really allowed to go in there. And if they did go in there, they had to have a no wake. So the first mile, it was about 105 degrees. It was super hot. You couldn't stand up or I couldn't stand up. I saw one young girl standing on her paddleboard in the choppy water. And we had to paddle, paddle, paddle like crazy to get to this narrow canyon area, which ended up being super fun and super beautiful, but very, very exhausting. It was challenging mentally and physically. Kind of like veterinary medicine, right? So we paddled in this really choppy water, we were tired, we got into the smooth water, we paddled the whole length of the canyon, which was super cool because we were basically in there alone. My daughter and son-in-law were singing, which was really cool because it was so quiet, you could hear it forever. And that was really fun. And then I actually got brave enough to stand up on my paddleboard and I did really, really well. And I was the only one that didn't fall off. Not bragging, but I carefully stood up and I was carefully paddling and I went quite a ways standing up without falling. So that was super fun. We got a lot of great pictures. It was super beautiful. Something that I probably never would have done, but am super glad that I did. The worst part, though, was getting back out because we also had to paddle back out of the quiet canyon and then go back onto that choppy water for about a mile. So the last mile back to the shore where we started and then carrying the boards back up the hill was probably the worst part. Um, but once we did it, we were super proud of ourselves. So that is the beauty of challenging your body to do things that you don't think that you can do. And then once you accomplish them, Super cool, right? So as I was thinking about this paddleboarding and talking to my daughter about it, she challenged me to write about it. And I did. I wrote a little article about it for the Michigan Veterinarian, which will be out in the fall. But I kind of made some lessons out of it for self-care and veterinary medicine in general. So I'm going to share a few of those with you without giving away the whole article. But I took some lessons from paddleboarding. And one of them was to learn to focus on yourself. Because paddleboarding is something that you do alone. No one's on the board. If you fall off, you have to get back up on your own. Nobody can lift you out of the water, even though they might try. And we had other people there with us to kind of watch us and cheer us on. And we had life jackets, obviously, so we wouldn't drown. But nobody knows you better than you. And that is my lesson from paddleboarding. Focus on yourself. And when you're talking self-care, that is the primary thing. You need to do thought work on your own. And that's what I do for myself and for my coaching clients. We take stock of how we feel and we take stock of the changes that we want to make and the goals that we want to set for ourselves. So getting in touch with your feelings 
and the things that are keeping you stuck either in veterinary medicine or in another part of your life will allow you to get in touch with the goals that you want to set and also then the boundaries that you need to set for your time and your emotions. Because have you ever tried to work with somebody when you weren't feeling well yourself? If you don't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of your clients. You can't take care of the pets or your veterinary teams. So the paddleboarding lesson is focus on yourself. The other thing that you can take or the lesson that you can take from the paddleboarding experience is that difficult things are often very rewarding because I think we've lost the focus on veterinary medicine being difficult for a reason. Many of us wanted to become veterinarians because it was difficult. We wanted the challenge. We wanted to be emotionally and physically challenged. And I think sometimes we forget that. We forget that the reason we chose this profession is because it was challenging. It was super hard to do pre-veterinary medicine. It was super hard to get into vet school if you were anything like me and you didn't get in on your first try. And then once you got in, it was super challenging to get through vet school. So why when we graduate and get out into the real world, quote unquote, do we expect it to be easy? It's not. And because it's not easy is precisely the reason that we do it which is kind of like paddleboarding, right? It was brutal. The trip that we did in the rough water was really difficult. It was hot. The boat waves were pushing us up against the rocks. We were trying to paddle our way against the current to get back to the shore where we started. But precisely that level of difficulty was the thing that made us feel so great when we actually got back. Now, if any of you were sports kids, I was a sports kid when I was in high school and junior high and all that, the coaches would always say, no pain, no gain. My high school volleyball coach was awful. He made me run on shin splints. He would pitch balls at us as hard as he could, beat the crap out of us at practice. And the reason that he did that was to make us tough. So when we had a tough game, we were able to withstand the punishment, right? And so that is something that we need to do for ourselves in veterinary medicine. Realize that the challenge is part of the joy of the journey. Focusing on the small victories that we have every day will help us balance the challenges that we feel when we have a case go wrong. Because overall, we do so much good But we focus on the bad. We focus on the case that didn't go correctly. We focus on the case of the client that got upset with us for whatever reason. And then we let those negatives spoil the whole big picture for us. When I talked to Dr. Jessica Moore-Jones, if you recall, she said, if a client wants to offer you their anger, turn them down. Don't take on their emotion. You don't have to own their emotion. You get to focus on your emotion. You get to focus on the fantastic job that you did and the clients that you're serving. You cannot and should not try to please everyone. So think about anything that you've done challenging in life, any big goal you've accomplished. If you're a marathon runner, if you're a bike rider and you've done a challenging bike ride, think of how good you feel when it's done. 
And then when you're in the thick of it at work and it feels awful, remember that on the other side, there's going to be some joy. There's going to be a feeling of accomplishment. And that's one of the things I can offer you from my paddleboarding trip. And another thing that I want to offer you, this lesson that I learned from paddleboarding, is having other people in the water with you is the best way to solve your problems. Because paddleboarding is a singular sport, right? There's one person on a board, although I did see two people on one board, but for the most part, there's one person on a board, but there's other people in the water with you. Now, my family was there, there was kayaking, other people there, there was the motor boaters that were making all the waves. All of those people were there, even though I was on the board alone. Some of the people offered us physical help when we fell off the boards. Some of them just waved and said hello. There was one guy on a boat that every time he would go by, he'd say, where are you from? And we told him like three times where we were from, but he would forget each time that he already went by us. But the point is, even though you're working alone, you're not alone. You are in the water with other veterinarians, right? There are many, many, many of us in this profession, and that's why I do what I do here, is I want you to know, and I want you to feel my voice in your head when you're having a bad day, and I want you to know that I'm here. I'm here to listen. I'm here to help you. Just like the kayakers and the boaters were there offering us water and cheering us on when my husband fell in the water and lost his sunglasses, people were there cheering him to get back on his board. And we are a profession of helpers. That is one of our greatest assets. We all have different skills. We all have different experiences, personalities. We all have different strengths and weaknesses. Like I have a fear of heights. Some of you have a fear of public speaking. Some of you have a fear of surgery. Whatever it is, we all have those. But the beauty is, is that there's other people that have strengths in those areas. We don't have to be competitors. Our practices can collaborate. This right now, this thing that we are experiencing in veterinary medicine is kind of a crisis. And so when we're in crisis mode, we need to gather up. We need to band together to help each other, right? So we can get together to brainstorm, for other practitioners in our area. We can learn better ways to deliver our services, which I I find that we already are. There's some telemedicine groups that are out there. We have Lap of Love that are able to help us deliver euthanasia services when we can't. We can cross-train our teams so that our technicians can do more for us. We can work together as veterinarians to balance our hospital hours between the practices in our area. There's ideas about offering urgent care for several hours in the day where we just take urgent cases. We need to share our ideas. We need to collaborate. And that even comes down to coaching each other. If we learn some self-coaching techniques and you let people like myself help you, then you will be able to create some boundaries, get some idea of self-care for yourself, and then actually commit to it and actually do it. Set the goals, take the actions to create the life that you want to create. It's all about the dreams. 
It's all about the bucket list moments, like me going to the Grand Canyon. I have to set a boundary. I have to take a vacation, even though it's difficult, and do the things that I want to do with my life and then help the other people when they have bucket list things that they want to do, create their best life. So I want to talk about this again on another podcast. I would love to hear the things that you've done, the vacations that you've gone on, the goals that you've set for yourself, and how you broke those goals down, and how you accomplished the things that you wanted to accomplish. There are many things that I've done in my life that I'm very proud of, a lot that I had to push myself out of my comfort zone to do, like walking near the edge of these canyons that I saw. But the fact that I did them and took photos and did the things that I wanted to do without being stupid, mind you, I never went really close to the edge, so don't worry. So the people that were going around the guardrails and standing on the edge, that was not me. (laughs) But anyway, share those things with me. I really would love to know about some of the things that you want to do with your life. If you can't get over yourself to do them, let me coach you. If you have done them, I would love to hear about how you challenged yourself and the lessons that you learned going through those difficulties. I know that if we take lessons from these things like my paddleboarding trip and we apply it to the veterinary profession, that we can change the outlook. We can start to work together to make it brilliant again. I feel that I'm blessed to work with all of you in the veterinary profession. And I know all of you are brilliant. And so the more I work with veterinarians, the more I learn. I know that we can collaborate with all these great minds to change the work that we do and offer the best care to ourselves and to our clients and their pets. And that's what it's really all about, creating a great life and then offering exceptional care to our clients and their pets. That's what we really got into this profession to do. So before we wrap this up, I have a couple of quotes for you. One is from Jim Rohn. He says, the big challenge is to become all that you have the possibility of becoming. You cannot believe what it does to the human spirit to maximize your human potential and stretch yourself to the limit. Another quote is from Rita Wilson. She says, I do think you have to scare yourself. That's where your creativity or your growth comes from. Scaring yourself, challenging yourself, taking those risks, and not caring about what anyone thinks. So what I would like to offer to you is challenge yourself to do something in your home life that's tough. Challenge yourself to set some self-care goals. And then challenge yourself to do something that scares you a little bit. Because the more you push, the more you understand yourself and learn about yourself, the more calm and comfortable and at home in your body and your mind you will be. So if you do something really challenging this week, let me know. Send me an email, jacapelldvm at gmail.com. If you want to learn about life coaching, you can go to my website, juliecapel.com or veterinarylifecoach.com and sign up for a free coaching. As always, I'm here for you if you need help. 
please reach out. And if you don't want to reach out to me, reach out to someone else in this profession. We all get it. We're all working hard. We're all in the same water. And we want to help each other out. That's what we do. Have a beautiful, challenging week. Bye.